Hi, folks. This is James. Welcome to Not Quite Christ-like, episode two. I'm glad you're here. Let's start with the scripture. Job 13, 15 through 16. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Nevertheless, I will argue my ways before him. This also will be my salvation, for a godless person cannot come before his presence. This was Job. Job. And this is a verse that I have related to quite a bit in my life because I got to the point in my life where I was like, everything is gone. Depression took everything from me. It took my job. It took my personality. It took all my gifts and talents and made me incapable of taking care of them. Even self-care. It took my sleep. It took everything. And I was like, okay, what does this mean? you know, this God that is going to sit and watch this happen. What does this mean between me and God that I've prayed and I've asked and I've begged and I've supplicated and I've done all the things I'm supposed to do. And and I haven't gotten a good answer. I came to this. I said, even if you kill me, I will still trust you. Job, if you don't know the story was a man that was very rich, had lots of family had a great wife, some great friends. The Satan made a bet basically with God and said, yeah, I bet he would quit loving you if you took all this stuff away from him. And God's like, okay, but don't touch Job. And so houses, winds came, houses fell, children got crushed, animals got killed, you know, all kinds of bad things happened. And Job got really, really sad. But he still prays the name of God. And so Satan comes back and God's like, look at my favorite guy down there. He's still holding it together. Yeah, that's because you haven't messed with him. But if you mess with him, he will disown you. And God said, okay, you can touch him, but you can't kill him. And so boils and sores and stuff pop up on Job. That's the important part. If you want to read Job, go read Job and come back. See, I used to tell my kids in children's church that God always answers prayer. Either yes, no, or not now. We always preach about when God says yes and when God says wait. When depression took my job, my hobbies, my good feelings, when it took everything, I wondered why God would let this happen. Why he wouldn't answer my prayers and heal me. It's been 10 years and that prayer and many like it have gone unanswered. I'm sorry, They've been answered, but the answer was no. So the question became, can I serve a God who lets me suffer? And many people have had to answer that question in their own life. How do we serve a God who seems to turn away from our prayers and our struggles? Well, my answer was, even if he kills me, I will still trust him. That's what I came to. It was the least I could do, the minimum that I could hold on to. My experience with God has expanded my view of him. He is a comforter, a healer, a good God. I believe these things, but he is also a God who lets harm happen to the innocent. He is a God that says no. That was added to my understanding of who God is. If I were to continue serving God, this is the God that I was serving. And that is the God we serve. The church has done a bad job of representing God. 
you read through the Old Testament, God is a jealous God. He hates disobedience. He wants to punish sinners. And he gets very vocal about it. So that is a part of God. Then we look at Jesus in the New Testament, and he is loving and kind and wonderful and really loves sinners. Yet he claims that he doesn't do it in thing without seeing his father do it in heaven. So he is the living expression of God's love. But he still has a dark side. It's called his goodness. He is so good that it is terrifying. He is so good that evil and anyone that has any will be blown to bits in an instant in his presence. It is horrifying. So, how do we serve a God that lets bad things happen to good people? Who lets prayers seemingly go unanswered? And how do we love a God that says no? Well, not the way Job did. Job thought his goodness would protect him. And I used to, too. He thought it would help him to win a case of innocence. How he didn't deserve what had happened to him. He literally said, I will argue my ways before him. This will also be my salvation for a godless person cannot come before his presence. You know, if you think of Job as a hero, then you don't read it right. If you see Job as a human, you see this and he's saying, I will tell God why he shouldn't allow this to happen to me. I am a good person. I am righteous. I could be in his presence and it would be fine because an unrighteous person could not. I will show God where he messed up. I once thought I was untouchable. I was living right in the center of God's will for me, doing ministry, helping kids learn about the love of God, helping parents to teach their children about Christ. And then slowly depression and anxiety made it impossible for me to pursue my calling. I was left nearly lifeless, a husk, cowering in pain in the fetal position on my side of the bed, wondering why this had happened and where God was and how I truly needed him. I tried what Job tried. Say, I was doing everything right. How could you let this happen to me? I actually even let go of God for a while. I couldn't handle anything other than staying alive. Truth be told, I still serve God out of a sense of duty, not out of a heart full of love. And that's why I shudder to even broach this subject because I am not through it yet. I have not come to a solution. The Bible student in me says that every sermon has to have a theme. It has to have three points and a conclusion. And I don't know that I've got a conclusion because I'm still going through it now. But I know this much. How do you love a God that says no? You got to do it the way Jesus did. Okay. And I struggle with that sometimes because Jesus was perfect. He seems sometimes to be an unreachable goal in my life. But he's still the example we're to follow. So let's let's just charge in here. Jesus suffered. He did. He knows what suffering is. He suffered. Jesus gave up his throne. Philippians 2 7. He gave up everything and became a slave when he became like one of us. Jesus gave up his will. Luke 22 42b. We talked about it last week. Not my will, but yours be done. 
the big deal, man, of giving up your life is also part of what he did. Philippians 2.8, Christ was humble. He obeyed God and even died on a cross. He did it out of obedience. God said no to Jesus's prayer in the garden. He said, if it be your will, let this cup pass me by. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus was told no. Jesus had to face unfair punishment, things he didn't deserve. He had to suffer. He was tortured. He was hung on a cross. And God even turned his back. And Jesus cries out, quoting Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus had always spoken to God as his father. But this one time, he called out to God. And I believe it's because for the first time, he experienced God the way we do, or the way a fallen human does. Not as a father, but as this God that is untouchable and unknowable. So how do you love a God that says no? Being a sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1, dear friends, God is good. So I beg you to offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way, the default way to serve God. A living dead person, a zombie Christian. Sacrifice is surrendering a possession or your life as an offering to God. A living sacrifice, an emphasis on living. We are offering ourselves living and all that living entails. Job's family, his homes, his possessions, his riches, his health, his friendships, and his relationships were all taken. We are to be willing to live the same kind of life. This is considered by God to be the most sensible way. KJV, I like the way it says it. It calls it our reasonable service. That's why I added the default way. Can we accept a God that would demand so much? We can if we trust. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, or strength of someone or something. We still believe that he is and that he can and that he has strength and powers and glory and all the answers, the healing we desire, the relief we hope for. We trust these things even if we never see them in this life. And if he says no, he has his reasons and we can trust him in that. So to you who suffer, you who have lost, you who look to God and God has said no, you still get full credit for being a follower of God, a true disciple. Luke 14, says, those of you who do not give up everything, you can't even be my disciples. God proved his love to us when Jesus died for us on the cross. That's God's love. God, even though I have not been healed or restored, I believe that you heal and restore. Even though I suffer, I know you suffered more. You showed your love for me when you sent Jesus to die on the cross. I didn't deserve that much. So why would I ever feel like you owe me something more? What further proof do I need that you care for me? I believe in you but help me in my unbelief. I know that you are able to save me, but even if you do not, I will remain faithful to you. I will be the living sacrifice you desire me to be. May good and your glory come from it. 
Amen. So today's challenge, accept and serve a God that can say no. Accept that Jesus understands your suffering, that he left us with an example, and he showed God's love for us. Accept that you are a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. I told you I don't have the perfect solution. I don't have the perfect answer. I'll tell you this much. God has promised that he will turn these things into good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And people that listen to this show fall into that category. So you can trust that if he says no, he had a good reason. It will all make sense, even if it doesn't in this life. And you can trust that. Lewis Lowry from Gathering Blue. It's a good book. Although I like the giver. Yeah, the giver better. Take pride in your pain. You are stronger than those who have none. Michael J. Fox says acceptance doesn't mean resignation. It means understanding that something is what it is and that there's got to be a way through it. And Hakuri Murakami says, I can bear any pain as long as it has meaning. God bless you guys. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. I hope you were comforted with this horrible, unfinished, imperfect sermonette. Take care.